just getting because you've been super busy the last what few months. Uh, is there stuff you can talk about the uh, Bear Grills? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's all out now. So we so we did um, the world's toughest race. It's called. It used to be called Eco Challenge, and they rolled this thing out in the nineties, like it was when adventure racing wasn't even a thing. And the guy that invented it is he did this eco challenge first and then that became survivor later on so he was the exec producer that created both those shows um and that was kind of his his big adventure like he used to be a paratrooper in the in the um british military and then he went to hollywood and, and started making these shows and then he always wanted to reboot eco challenge it was like his most favorite thing ever and he approached big reels to do it and they linked up and within two years they'd rolled this this production out and we went back to Fiji which is where they filmed the last one 18 years before the race was in Fiji and um, yeah we did it a second time and they brought out their crew it was like a thousand people and these guys were slick they were like a real a special ops production team they were just like helicopters they had six helicopters and a bunch of like mountaineers that could do camera work as well it was pretty pretty full on it was good did you so who will end up because it, so it's out on Amazon isn't it yeah, so Amazon Prime Video um, released it. So they, they took all the shows, 10 kind of 45-minute shows, and they released it all at once. And, um, yeah, 670K race uh, went for about 10 days. Um, we didn't sleep. <laughs> we didn't sleep much at all. So it was sick. It was a really good race, really good 670, fun. 670Ks, was that running, riding, climbing, everything? Yeah, it's like it's like everything. So mountain biking, hike, jungle hiking, a uh, fair bit of water stuff. So we did like a 40K stand-up paddleboard, um, heaps of like native canoe work. It was, yeah, it was, it was brutal. Mate, I might take notes for the first time ever in a podcast because some of that stuff, <laughs> we're putting together an event series for next year, like around Australia. Oh, yeah. What are you I'm, thinking? Well, now I'm thinking about a 60K stand-up paddleboard would be a good one. Oh, mate, it was a bruiser. <laughs> that was fucking hard. Yeah, no, we're looking at it. Yeah, um, it was good. Different spots around Australia, like all, all the stuff that all of our kind of audiences into. So beach stuff with ocean swims and, and get the surf clubs involved with paddling and stand-up paddle boards on the list to do at some stage. And we want to get people out hunting for a, a, one of the months. We'll teach people how to bow hunt or, or shoot, whatever they want to do. And then just the, the yeah. normal standard stuff of long-distance riding or running or whatever. But yeah, yeah, those community events are, are the way to go. I think, and we're going to try to do something like an annual thing with Kill Capture as well. Where we go out to a, a ranch and do a hunt or something. It's just a good, yeah, good exercise to get everyone together. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's not um, it's the kind of stuff that it's not it's not kind of left enough to be okay to put on mainstream TV. But it's the stuff that our kind of audience wants to do. And if you want to do community events, just give the boys what they want. Yeah, Get a group of people together and yeah. go and go and hunt some stuff. Well, I I bought a compound bow during lockdown, so sign me <laughs> up. I'm uh, I'm keen. Yeah, so you packed it go. What t- I got one the other day. I got no idea how to use it, but <laughs> learning, learning. You got the yeah, first time I tried to fire mine. It like it basically shot me at the target, and the the fucking arrow stays stayed still. These things are powerful. Because you uh, and you go, do you go take it to the archery range and just practice down the archery range and then go out, or are you just going to have a have a have a wing at Pingenton? Yeah, I've just started, so I've, I'll go to the archery range. There's a Yarra Valley one. I've been down there. Some pretty colourful um, characters down there. So I've been down there and had a few shots, and um, 
just trying to get dialed in with it really first and then I'll, I'll take it up to the high country in Victoria somewhere and go track a bit of deer down. I'm going I'm to have to wait for a couple of months until I'm still sort of going through the whole being in the army is still kind of new so walking through the bush wet and cold isn't super appealing just yet but <laughs> but i think i think the the, the drive will come uh and, and going down and doing it. give it two or three years mate you'll miss it, you'll miss it. <laughs> yeah it's that getting brutalized in cold weather you just it ruins the bush for you for a long time doesn't yeah. it uh and then because uh so going to the, the um the the race stuff you were doing bear grills and that the canoeing would have been fucked up with no because they're rudderless aren't they yeah. there's no rudder so you're just like um oh was there yeah in the in the native ones there wasn't so you'd have your fourth team member at steer so we had a fairly experienced right up the back that was steering but um i didn't mind being on the water because i'm i'm shit at the you know legwork endurance stuff so i'm like oh i can sit and paddle for a while um that was fine by me because that's another day you're not you know out flogging yourself on a hill but it was it was a long race it took it took a lot of a lot of work to get it done some parts were dangerous like there was one part where we climbed to the high point of fiji i think it was like 1500 meters we climbed up this big rock face 300 meter high rock face and we had to do it at night because we were we got there late and that was that took us all night and then we had to go through the rivers around the top of this feature and the water was, I think it was 11 or 12 degrees. It was really cold and um, we were depleted as hell. We hadn't slept, no energy and yeah, teams were getting knocked out with hypothermia. So it was, it was pretty, um, that was Can flawed. you voluntary withdraw? Like, can you just like, I'm done? Yeah. yeah. If, if one person's out, the whole team's out. So if you, um, if you pull the pin, you're, you're done. Did, and <laughs> you guys finished it? Did you just win? Uh, what do we got? We got twenty sixth out of sixty six, so not too bad. Like top third, top third of the field, and that was my first race. So I fucking nearly destroyed me. Yeah. <laughs> How did it compare? So if you're, is it like like military stuff, or is it like a TV show where you go hard, but then when the producers come in, everyone just chills out and kind of. Um, it's off. it's more documentary. So they don't they set up the course and they film you going around the course. So there's not really anywhere to hide mm. um so once it's up and running it's all it's all live it's it's pretty well done the way they they don't interfere at all so it's good yeah, good good you should have seen the drones they had mate these things like blew us off course when we we're in the <laughs> boat they were freaking huge they were huge i've never seen anything like it sounds good to go working on a crew like that yeah they were they were legit 100%. they were really good and he said, I spoke to the producer before he goes, I've been working with these people for 20 years. They'll follow me anywhere. I was like, oh. He's like Colonel Kurtz. Like just goes Not to bad. islands and just, yeah. That's or, awesome. or General Mattis, because I, I hear the guy, he's, I've seen photos. The boys, the first thing when they said, uh, Keegan got us on to you, and he was like, hey, man. This, and then so General Mattis is wearing his jackets. I'm like, fuck me. This must be good to go. That's... Um, it's a funny story because we took that photo in 2015 and Manus had left Cent Central Command. He was out of the military and he was kind of in between jobs and he was a, he was an envoy to the Middle East and he'd come out to business school to meet a couple of the veterans that were there and I'd met him then and then we managed, I don't know how we, how we did this, but I talked to him into coming out to a, the photo shoot in New York and he came out and had a beer with all the veterans that were there and at the end we put a jacket on him and, and got a photo 
And um, he was really good about it. And then we didn't, we kind of had it and we used it in a bit of marketing and we asked him if we could and he was, he was really cool about it. And then we did a Facebook ad just recently and the Marines got a hold of this in America and it just went bloody viral. Like there were, there was all sorts of publications in the US just going, what the hell is this? Um, and the, the website basically broke down with all the people trying to jump on and, and see what it was. So, um, yeah, it was a funny, funny bit of marketing. Um, and he, he's a good dude. He was actually, he was there saying, you know, you've got to, as veterans, you've got to go out and start these businesses because it's one of the biggest contributions you can make to national security is to make sure our economy is, is strong and, and going hard. So it was a cool thing to, to hear him say that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how, from just how he, like, I mean, he's an orator, the way he talks and, and down to the to the diggers level and even some of his quotes yeah. like you go and read some of his quotes over the years you're like fuck you didn't say that <laughs> some, <laughs> some of them are full on they're, they're pretty cool yeah but um and and so it goes from uh the uh, racing survivor um sas you were a squadron commander sas no i was um i was a troop commander and then by my last trip, I was at uh, Squadron XO, yeah. so like second in charge of the squadron. Um, so you've done everything, and and I guess some of we don't. I haven't done intros sort of super well, but um, going from all of those things, um, do you want to give a bit of a bit of a talk to the people, sort of what you do in that? Yeah, so I left. I was in SAS for six years um, from. 2004 to 2010 we were mostly committed to afghanistan um during that period so we were just going back and forth we were, there were more jobs and more work than we could kind of do um and then when i was there i'd had this idea about about going into business and i did i was in the unit longer than i expected to be um, i was there for six years which was good uh and i, I wanted to go to the, the u.s to study with them because i'd worked with them a lot when I was in Afghanistan and just the idea of breaking away from the military and going to somewhere completely different for a bit of an adventure with, and while getting trained was good. So I applied to the, uh, the Wharton school of business. I got in and went and did a two year MBA program over there. So that was, um, you know, two years as a student, uh, having a good time. And once I finished the program, I got into a consulting firm called McKinsey, and they were based, they have offices around the world. And I did a stint in the Australian office and then a stint in the New York office for a few years. And um, I'd started Kill Capture by this time. And I was more excited to do Kill Capture than I ever was about consulting. So it was always about like, I got to get the skill and the experience and the, and the cash up to be able to run this um, little startup. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. And then landed that show, TV show, Australian Survivor and have done a little bit more TV on the back of it and uh, met the wife when I was on Survivor too, so that worked out pretty well. Power couple. Power couple, look that's, out. So that's what, like, yeah, I mean, so. I, I don't know your full story, mate. I've, I've listened to uh, Prong's podcast when you're on there. Um, oh, yeah. But that's, and, and again, I, I don't normally put a filter on this, but we, we don't have a lot uh, of offices, former offices that we work with. Most offices, especially SF offices, move out uh, of the military and go straight into consulting or, or high level executive yeah. kind of roles. Um, and then when I, when I saw that we've got, there's a, there's a former SF officer that's got out and done that, but then chosen 
to start his own business. I'm like, fuck, this dude's, this dude's got, this is an interesting story because that's a different mindset to go into consulting or into an executive role where you can use all the same, um, the rule books that you've learned from the military and it's kind of, it'd be almost comfortable. You start your own business and there's no comfort there. It's like you, you basically starting from scratch, learning everything again. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it's it? a good point. Yeah, it's, it's, there is a, a traditional kind of path a lot of people take out of the military, which is, um, you know, it might be mining or uh, emergency planning or crisis management. There's all these fields that really tie directly to our skills in the military. Um, I kind of made a promise to myself that I wouldn't go into a field that would pigeonhole me as a, you know, as a, as a military person. I, it was hard because there were so many opportunities with good pay in, in a lot of security companies or a lot of other areas where I, I could have uh, trans- transitioned quickly, but uh, it was important to me if I was going to go to all that effort of going to the US and dropping my career in the army, I really wanted to try and do something that was very different. And I think being at business school in the US was great because there's so many people there with diverse backgrounds and industries and fields and you can work on startups. People have a different kind of mindset around taking a risk and failing and and kind of swinging for the fences um and so that's that's where i got comfortable enough to ignore some of the old conventions around what you're meant to do when you leave the army and and was able to do that and even the tv part like it's very unusual to be in special forces and to choose to go into tv that's considered a bit of a no-no um but i was like fuck i'm not gonna there's no point sticking to a set of rules that no one ever made up people, people just occasionally um think it's the way to go so i kind of I just ignored it i'm glad i i did um do that you know my mates still give me shit about it but it's it's good fun and they none of them cared like none of them all of them loved it and, and it ended up fine so I'm, I'm glad i went that way yeah and getting in front of the camera is not a comfortable thing like i know a lot of dudes especially the boys that are still in um there is tall poppy syndrome and a lot of a lot of people yeah. hate you if you're successful when you get out and it's just subconscious but and they're like oh that dude's just always in the camera he's always trying to get in front of the media and it's like you kind of have to do that to make a business successful yeah. and it's not comfortable like no one yeah. no one jumps in front of the camera and goes fuck this is cool everyone's like i don't want to do it ever again <laughs> yeah you've you've got to get over yourself that's the hard bit is you got to, you're like oh this feels a bit awkward well get over yourself and um sell the particular vision that you've got because everyone will be better off if you do that. If you sit in the shadows and hide, you'll think you're cool, but you won't actually achieve anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've I've thought that was a good approach. And then you got, yeah, then you got voted off because they fucking... Yeah. They've got to change the rules of that <laughs> fucking... Because I was like, if he can't win it... But it's, it's, yeah, I was spewing. I was it's, like... It's not I was like, survive the longest. It's who's best at yeah. manipulating people. Yeah, I was like, there's all these lemons in my tribe. They'll definitely get rid of them first. And then they came for me. I was like, oh, no. The lemons, um, the lemons ganged up on you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, the lemons are going to get me. But um, I knew I was in trouble that day. I was like, oh, shit, I think I'm in trouble here because I kind of read the room pretty well. Um, but, you know, I had the day to figure out my arguments and, and uh, see if I could have a tilt at knocking someone else out. It was pretty good fun. It was it was really good. Yeah. It, uh, the video of you... One of my favorite photograph, uh, photographers is uh, Jared, the one you bashed with the pillow. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a he's a rat bag. He's a Perth yeah, Perth yeah, boy Perth too. Dude. Yeah, he's really yeah, good. That was the funniest thing. The first episode, watch you just flogging, and he's like, he's a small dude. He's not big. <laughs> he's beating the that, shit. That that whole 
piece that was like a for anyone who hasn't seen it they kind of put us together on a platform and we had to beat each other with these poles and try not to fall in the mud and the other team was pretty smart they put their little guy up against me because they knew they could they could use they kind of write that off as a loss and use a bigger guy for something else but um, that went on for 10 minutes, mate. He just lied down in the middle of that pad and I couldn't dislodge him. It was, it was awful. Um, yeah, I just went forever. <laughs> are they gonna? Are you going to go on again, Mark II? And then what, what's your tactics for the, for the second time? Oh, I would do it again. I think I, I spoke to the exec producer and then she's like, well, there's a chance we'll do theme ones like heroes and villains and shit like that. And, and if, if uh, you're in the mix, we'll let you know. So... Maybe, maybe that will. I know they've got a couple more seasons planned. So, um, yeah, if I have to, if I have to dust off the gloves and, and get back in there, I'll, I'll go and sort out that that yoga player once and for all. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of nutbags on the show, but um, they're all they're all. What good do you crew. go back as, the villain or the hero? Oh well, actually, this time, because last time I didn't say anything about my military career. And because I remember when I was auditioning, the producers were like, oh, you're not going to say anything about it. They got all excited about it. And I thought, oh, they must want me to keep that as a secret. And so I did. I'm like, all right, I won't say anything. <clears throat> and I kind of pulled it off. No one really guessed it. But later, they, they weren't surprised. So this time, if I went back, I'd actually be going as as really myself and um, as, a, as a military person, which would be good. I'm like, I will fucking find you if you gang up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna to have to torch that um, that lean to at one point. <laughs> I'll just have to set set fire to it and make sure no one goes without. Uh, you know, everyone's without sleep and food and all that. Um, because so your transition was pretty seamless from getting out from doing all from doing all the like Survivor and and moving through. Um, did you was there pitfalls that you sort of found leaving the boys um, and and that group of people? you know i mean regardless of whether it's you know sas or regular army was there a pitfall like did you sort of slip off oh yeah i mean and and my transition on paper looks good it's like left and went to a good college and got a good job it's very it's very isolating to leave your tribe behind that understands you um knows your experiences and knows your value um, to lose all that, to take a uniform off and, and walk off into the bloody wilderness is it's um, it's hard. You you're without a lot of your friends that you've grown up with and shared a lot of hard experiences with. Um, when I got to business school, there was a veterans club there, so about thirty people in my class are all a mix of people like Marines and Navy SEALs and submarine pilots and. Um, they were a really good t- uh, crew, so we all hung out together at business school, and they were legit people and actually one of my closest mates there was an f-16 pilot he used to be an instructor at top gun and um yeah he looks like captain america you know like big jaws you know six foot five and um yeah he was a real deal so we had all these cool people there that were i I could kind of share that that former experience with and it it ended up fine but there were some hard moments i think it's hard for anyone leaving the military it's um rejoining society is not is not easy yeah, I think it's like I don't know what it is, and and not trying to put a big thing on it, but but leaving your tribe and that that group of people, uh, and it's it's even common terminology as well, isn't it? Like stuff you say, yeah, 
even yep. just talking shit, going to work, being social. Um, yeah. And then we're sort of finding it out doing Swiss Eight, where you do you hire a veteran and teach them business rules, or do you yep. hire a business person and try and inculcate culture? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you fucking do? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, you would even see with Suicide, the fact that you've you've found, you've carved out your own little project, which is, there's really good purpose attached to it and it's exciting and there's no real roadmap for doing this sort of thing. Um, that's fun. It's something exciting to do that you believe in and you're probably excited to go, go work on it every day. Otherwise, you just wouldn't do it. Um, I, I struggled a lot when I was consulting because I, I couldn't attach the purpose to it that I used to once in the military. So I found that hard. Um, but then doing my own work, whether it's kind of presenting or doing kill capture, I've enjoyed that a lot more. Yeah, I think, um, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, this is how I've experienced it anyways. If any, if you, if you leave the military and you're so chuffed about your previous identity, uh, and you use, you rest on your laurels and you use that to be the driver for your next job, whatever, then that becomes just a job and your identity stays in the past. And yep. whereas, and that's when you get comfortable and you get you get bored and you get sick of going to work and you hate it because you're just not doing something you love, and you you start to get depressed because you miss where your identity is still attached to, which is the the old version of you. Whereas if you can find something like move out and find or remodel yourself or you make yourself find what you want to be next, you don't burnout's just not a thing. You just get up every morning. You love no. going to reinvent yourself. And you, you, it does start to eliminate that depression of like thinking, oh, I'm never going to be that soldier again. Because you're like, I'm not looking that way. I'm looking this way. And there's there's a bunch of challenges I've got to sort out today because where I want to get to is that way. Um, and I, I don't know if that's been the same experience with you, but that's what I've found definitely in, in finding yeah. a new way to re reinvigorate yourself or re reidentify. Yeah, I think if it's if you're in a job where it's a real grind to go every day, you're like you've eventually got to change that because it's not going to get better. Um, I think as well when you leave, it's in, the only caveat I'd say is you, you kind of, it helps if you can do some sort of an apprenticeship in some way, even if you just do a year on, in someone else's startup or just go and learn the ropes in someone else's business um, if you can. That's that's always a good thing because you'll you kind of watch best practices and how you know, people do things well or not well and that'll just help help instill a bit of humility in you for the field you go into. I think sometimes, and I had this, I'm like, I'm ex-special ops, like send me out there, I'll tear this place to bits. You go out, you're up against people that have been in business and families for a hundred years. They're killers. You're basically walking onto a battlefield with no training. If you if you think you're going to go out there and, and dominate these people, they will, they will show you a lesson or two. And... Um, yeah, I think you've just got to have that humility for the field you're going to and either train yourself or just do a short apprenticeship and then get stuck into your own project. Yeah, that's something I think Australia misses is internships. I know that there's probably some companies yeah. that do them and America probably exploits free labor out of them, but I, I see so much value in them. Like, I'm going to try and get Keegan to go and do one with the boys at Extra Specialists. You'll probably hate working for free, mate. But even like a day a week when they when they do a big movie shoot or whatever, I reckon that'd be sick. Oh, you, that'd be the best I've, I've talked to sean a few times like mate get me into one of these marvel films just yeah. you know as, as a waiter or something just holding a glass i don't care just get me in there i think they got one on at the moment the, the, the bunch of boys i ran into in sydney the other day they're like oh we're down here with extra specialists shooting something for marvel marvel which was apparently oh, top so secret, good but 
<laughs> might be no. like Superwoman or something like that. I noticed, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, Iron Man's dead. I don't know what they're going to do next. He was their golden, kind of golden goose, but... Yeah, I think I think it's Superwoman's the next big one. That's what I've... Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that works yeah, well. Yeah, interning on, in, interning on that. Sure. Oh. I don't know. What do you reckon, Keegan? You keen? Down for it, 100%. Imagine getting yeah, on I was interning you know, do you want, on a Marvel do, movie, yeah. Yeah. yeah do you want to intern gig. for Swiss Aid as well? I'll be a fluffer. No? <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you find... Um, Moving on from fluffing, how did you find you, the, you did an MBA or went to business yeah. school? Was a lot of that relevant for a starter, or is it? Because it's something I've, I've, I've tossed up. So I, I got out and just started businesses, and Google was my training ground. Um, yep. But and, and people said, "Oh, you should go and do an MBA." And going back to school for two, three, whatever, however many years it was, did not excite me at all. Uh, and then I looked into yeah. for I mean again I'm, this is ignorance but I, I haven't done an MBA but I looked at a lot of what the teaching was and I'm like I'm not sure that was relevant to the business I was running anyway until we got a lot bigger is that is that false or no so I you're right so you, it'll be more efficient <clears throat> if you're doing your own kind of just in time training like you're doing on everyone does you know bloody Google all your your business functions um, I think the advantage you get from an MBA is you get to learn some of the concepts um, which become a part of your toolkit and you can then use for the rest of your career. So instead of learning how to play a drum kit as you go, you're getting a bag of shots or hits or punches or that you can use in an alphabet or you can unfold them any which way you want. So it's really just getting a few fundamental concepts which on their own aren't that applicable. When you start looking at them in a in a business sense, they can be really helpful. Like I'll give you an example. I was in accounting at, at business school and it was bloody hard. I was, the class average was 93%. It was that high. Like people were, these guys were, their accounts, there were CPAs doing it with me. So I was getting smoked by them. But I remember a couple of points in there, they're talking about, you know, inventory and inventory shrinkage. They're like, if you have inventory in your business, it will shrink over time, you'll lose value. And this is how we account for it. And I just kind of, that little thing, I locked that away. I'm like, all right, I'll remember that. Um, and then later in Kill Capture, for example, I don't hold any inventory. <clears throat> I don't hold any at all. It's all done just in time. And those types of things were taken from that time in business school. So that and a bunch of other things I learned in, in marketing. So really, I think there is value to it. I think it's long. I don't think that fully uh, shed their old model of learning. It used to be, today's very dynamic. You can learn a lot more online. So I think an MBA has value. I think the networking, it's good. Mm. Um, but if you're already underway, there's a, there's a big cost to stopping and going doing business school. Um, there are shorter ones like there's INSEAD and there's exec MBAs, which are probably better, so you can do them out of hours. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good options out there. Yeah, but you didn't yeah. go to just any business school. You, you went to an Ivy League. Yeah, it was, it was full on. Like... Like I was, I was partying quite a bit when I got there because I was so excited to be out of, the, out of the military and in business school. And within six months, I was on academic probation. <laughs> I'd like done so badly in my first six months at school. Um, one, the woman that recruited me is like, you pull your head in or we're going to kick you out. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, and so I started studying. I started studying more. And when I started to do entrepreneurship and all that stuff, I, I really responded to it because that tied together all the concepts we'd learnt in business school so yeah it was it was a good school so because what was the kill capture 
what's the thought like why is that your passion what's the what's the story behind that so i had this idea on my last tour in afghanistan it was like 2010 and we had the cry precision uniforms and i'd always liked fashion stuff i'm like imagine if you made a fashion line that integrated all the def- all the design aspects of the uniforms we wear because they're so functional and streamlined and minimalist like imagine if you had a brand like that and it was a modern military brand heritage how cool would that be and i kind of i remember thinking that but i had no idea how to execute it how to actually build the stuff how to do the branding and while i was at business school i had that in mind and i was able to do a couple of classes where I, one class was on advanced entrepreneurship and you literally start a business and went and reported on it every week at school the whole class did and um, there was a professor there that had raised and sold his own business for several tens of millions of dollars so you had these experienced entrepreneurs that were kind of showing you how to develop the business plan how to pitch it how to iterate on it and that's where i kind of started doing kill capture and what i found was there was a huge gap in the market where fashion brands just don't market to guys like us guys that have first responder backgrounds or military backgrounds or trades or extreme athletes like fashion doesn't want anything to do with us and so i thought if i can bridge those two worlds with a a brand that's actually got good values and isn't just about status or wealth like that'll actually that could work um and and that's kind of where the idea came from Uh, i got a lot of shit for the name like and i was nervous about it too i'm like well this is pretty full-on name um but it's been it's, it's been the greatest asset because it just it carves a line in the sand. Like people are like I either hate that or they like love it. Um, so it's it's a good thing. Yeah, you can That's definitely like, get rid of your audience segment. You're like kill capture. You're like, well, there goes. <laughs> I hate, it's not middle of the road. Yeah. You, you, but it's that's a, the best a, way yeah. to do it, isn't it? Like everyone, most people when they start out, if they haven't learned those lessons, they're like, I've got to get as many customers as possible. So they try and make it broad for everyone, and you try and yep. please everyone, you end up pleasing no one at least. You cut them in half straight away. Like, oh, the yep. people that are left, they're gonna they're gonna come back and keep buying stuff. Yeah, yeah. And people uh, people underestimate that segment all the time. All the hunters and all like those people have have interests that are different to people that live in the cities and have higher levels of education. They, they control a lot of the dialogue that you see in the world today. But the the other the other people that are less heard of have strong interests and they also have money to spend mm. and they they don't always get listened to. So I think I had those people appreciate it when there was a brand that spoke to them. I think I, I think that's what we meant. Like there's that, there is two very distinct dialogues. There is, there's Carl Stefanovic morning TV dialogue yep. and then there's what everybody else does at the polling booth in America when they're like, how the fuck did Trump get in? Like, well, because that's what everyone else was thinking. Uh, and you're just shoving a narrative down the head. Yeah, there's there's definitely yeah there's definitely differing levels of penetration of of different categories of people. So, and I think there was just one in particular when it came to apparel and fashion that just wasn't being heard, and, and no one was catering to it. And that's kind of what we were aiming to do with the with the values of of a special ops unit. We're going to build a brand around that. Oh, I love it, mate. I reckon it's sick. Like, so in, in dude's fashion, I mean, I'm not highly fashionable. I mean, everyone, all the other boys will attest to this, but dudes that are forgetting political persuasion, but dudes are into that kind of lifestyle. Pre this, it was like, I can go and buy a fancy flannel or a, a super outdated leather jacket, maybe. And even 
before I saw yours, like buying a leather jacket would not have interested me. Look at that, and I'm like, I could, pro- I could, I could get behind that. Um, <laughs> it's actually good, but yeah, yeah. my my high end. If I'm going to get dressed up and go out, other than if I have to wear a suit, which is like once a year, but it's it's like flannels or, or shirts that are realistically just mutton dressed as lamb. There, there is no yeah. one else servicing that market. Yeah, They're kind of bogan for and- money. <laughs> yeah, and you want to you want to have that story attached to it because that's that's really what you're you, you're kind of selling um, you're selling entry not entry of that tribe you're selling your colours of that tribe. It's like this is this is what we stand for. Like people that have an Apple, you know, they're creatives, and people that have IBM are kind of the corporate hacks. They're like there's there's different tribes carve themselves out with these products, and that's kind of what we've always tried to do and we're not we're not perfect we takes us forever to make these jackets we get sizing wrong all the time some of the things we roll out are terrible some of the ads we do are terrible but you learn and you experiment and that's kind of the, the way to do it mm. no I, I love it. I reckon it's sick mate. I mean we to, to the aligned value piece is, is perfect because we're trying to do the same thing in, in both tech and mental health like the tech space is very left wing it's, it's um, Australia America it's all, it's all the same like there's there's apps and websites out there for everyone, but the the general vibe that you get when you bring in creatives into your team, and we're a veteran team trying to bring in civilians that are designers and developers, and, and generally we're going to get fairly left-leaning people. Like we, we've, hired, we've got people working for us now that are vegans that look at the fact that we're trying to organize a hunting trip and absolutely hate it. <laughs> and they're like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, well, you don't really get a say in this, but... There's there's a deer out there made of soybeans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go and eat that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> but if if, if um, the world keeps going the way it's going, like um, people with those opinions, fantastic. Everyone's got different opinions. But people with those types of opinions are going to start dominating this kind of. They they dominate the mental health space, dominate the tech space, and then there is that giant silent demographic of mostly dudes, plenty of females as well, but mostly dudes, kind of knuckle dragging, just knock around dudes that have been missed. That's why I, I made, that's why I thought there's perfect um, synergy between what you're doing and what we're trying to do. Anyways, is to yeah, it's good to have that that broad tolerance within the teams too. Like if you get that uh, that bit of diversity, you generally get better performing teams. So we try, and I'm I'm trying to do this now, um, recruiting our contractors, having them more female. We're trying to make sure we got people of color in the in the uh, marketing and the ads that we do as well. Um, and so I think that it's good to have that mix because then no one stream dominates and the quality of the ideas and the viewpoints that come out are, are generally more tested and they're generally better. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I, it's, it's the whole veteran. I don't think people quite as, and I'm not saying the word veteran and, and anything like that. But the, the terminology that we use and the, the, the workforce or even the, the political stance or anything, even to the point of dark humor, where civvies don't understand dark humor and, and when dudes will laugh at a real fucked up situation and be like, I don't know how the fuck they could do that. I mean, there's some stuff in the media at the moment. There's some stuff going down. Um, but dark humor is a coping mechanism and, and it was for people that went over and did some fucking really shit things. Civvies don't understand it. They don't really quite get that, that whole gist of, of everything. Yeah. I, I think I remember being overseas once and just going, how the hell are we ever going to explain 
what this was like. I remember thinking that it's, it's not it's not something you can capture well in a book or a movie. It's kind of that's what drew me to doing um, apparel startups was the fact that you could tell these stories using a number of different formats to try and explain what it's like, what it's like to be a soldier and to work in that in that kind of environment. Um, it's hard to do that well. Like there's not you, you could count on one hand the amount of war films that do that well or the amount of books that do that well. So that's the challenge I think soldiers have always faced. It's hard to explain the type of things we get up to overseas. And, and because of that, we always feel like we're um, either not understood or, or ma- marginalized because of it. Yeah, I think there's a weird, it's like uh, there's certainly never a soundtrack. Like Hollywood do a really good idea of making you think you're in a different place. Uh, and you're like, oh, it's yeah. a really romanticized idea of what it is. You're like, it was. it's kind of just normal. Things are just happening and your arsehole's doing fives and fifties. Well, most of the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, madness. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great. You got, and the, the fact that you guys are now doing something which centers on on supporting that crew is, is great. Mm. So I guess someone's going to have to bring up this raffle or I'm going to do it like I just did. We've got, um, <laughs> we've got a raffle for anyone listening. So what are, actually I've, I haven't got it in front of me. What are, what are the prizes going to be? We might have to get to call Dave in from the background to have a chat about, we've got a raffle. We're going to get some, a bunch of kill capture gear. Yeah. I, I don't think we settled exactly on the prize, but it's going to be kill capture gear and, at least probably jackets and some of the belts. I hope we've settled so, on the prizes, mate, because I've already got the posters designed. So whatever, <laughs> whatever's already on the done. Posters, whatever that, that says. The prize. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> jackets Perfect. and belts and, and, and I don't know. Dave, what else is in there? I'll chuck him on. Give us a yell. Just give him a yelling from the back. I know that the first one was jackets and What's, belts. What are the prizes, Dave? You haven't said it on him? No. All right. There's prizes. Four, four jackets. Yep. And 10 belts. Oh, good to go. And what are... Um, oh, you fuck, you're jackets, a good bloke. Mark, what are the what are the jackets come with? Because I, I think the packaging behind the jackets is fucking sick. It's one of the coolest things ever. The, the jackets come... I haven't got one in this room, but they come with... Um, they come housed in a fucking high-grade Pelican case. And I, the reason I did that, and this goes against... All the all the things I learned in business school, people like no, you need to get a three dollar case and pack in that. Part of it is the the experience, right? Of of getting the products the first time you touch the brand because it's an e commerce brand. Um, and I like Pelican cases, so the fact that you can fold up these jackets, store them in a Pelican case, and, and ship them that way, I thought it was great. And that way, when you're a person opening this for the first time, you spend a lot of money on it, like it's two thousand um, dollars. You actually you feel like you're getting something good. Plus, you got the the value of having a container you can use and it's not wasted. I think that's great. I've also got. Um, I'll just grab this quickly. We've just upgunned. We've just upgunned the tracking beacons for them. So we've now got. Now got these tile beacons, which run for three years, which is good. This is what the case looks like. So what are they? They're not big. They're tile. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so so with that, you can you basically just activate it, pair it to your phone, and then you slip it in a little pocket we've, we've installed in the jacket, and then you can track that sucker. If you lose it or if it goes somewhere, you can you can track it down and get the perpetrator if it's wearing your cool jacket. Yeah, how long does um, it last for? Has it, got, has it got a battery in it? This one's three years. 
yeah they've just upgraded it so it's got it's got a much longer battery which is cool and they're not super expensive like 30 bucks or something so that's important because you i mean you can track your phone your phone costs less than this jacket does so i wanted something in it and i left one of the prototypes in a bloody plane when i was coming back from a mine site and um i was watching this plane it started taxiing it was getting clean i'm like they're gonna come out with this jacket soon and then it just took off and i don't know where it went (laughs) and i was spewing i was like I wanted that uh, wanted that bloody jacket back, and I thought I found a way to put a beacon in it after that. Yeah, um, and there's no other jacket in the market that has that. No other jacket, so I'm surprised. And a young digger wins a two thousand dollar jacket that goes missing in the cages. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna come to hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll know who's got it. That's sick. That's actually something. Oh, look, oh, it might be possible that no one knows that that technology's out there yet. Because there's a dude came to us um, a couple of months ago with his idea. We're completely off topic. My kind of forte is to go down rabbit holes that no one else knew existed. But um, we, we we did some work with a, a, a veteran kind of tech startup accelerator, um, helping recruit guys that want to run an idea through it. And one of the boys came forward and he's like, oh, I've just pumped a money, bunch of money and, and got these things manufactured for, through Alibaba. This is like pre-COVID. Um, and they were like Fitbits for a dog. And... They all the bells and whistles in the world, and the first thing I was asking him was like, "Mate, is this a GPS tracker?" And he's like, "No, you couldn't do it. The only way to get a GPS tracker on my dog's collar is if you pay for a mobile SIM card subscription." I'm like, "Pretty sure that's not <laughs> <No>. true." <laughs> nope. But that would be perfect. That's tiny. Chuck that in your dog collar, and you're good to go. Yeah, he needs to go to business school. Eh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. Yeah, this, oh, I think they've got a little adhesive. You just literally get them off the shelf and they've got a little adhesive pad on them. You just tape them down and off you go. Magic. Magic. So, yeah, well, you're right. You've got a high-level jacket like that. You don't want to lose it, do you? When's the raffle, yeah, when's exactly. the raffle go off? When, when does it start? We're kicking it off. It'll go live on our website next week. Yep. Uh, so Tuesday when this podcast will go up, um, which is today for anyone listening to it, next Tuesday. Um, and it, we're going to run it till Remembrance Day, 11th of November. Awesome. you don't know what day remembrance day is you can turn the Get podcast out. off now send me um send me all the assets that you've you've got for it i'll make sure i um put it all up and i'll get my um wife to put them up too she's got a an army of followers yeah. so yeah absolutely yeah. i think we're going to push it out and try and get a little bit of pr you got a bit of fame behind you mate so we'll oh, push it out there and get five a bunch minutes of on survivor supporting. i'm ready to go because you did a bit of modeling as well didn't you there's a little cheeky little model <laughs> Technically, yeah. Well, I got I got my photo taken in New York, so technically an international model. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I, we had. What did we do? I I never got. I never hired models because I, I was too tight to pay for them. Because in New York, you actually have to bring them in and pay. Even though it's good to have them, because they're actually trained to be able to capture the shot so much better than um, you know a bunch of veterans. But once I started getting veterans to do them, I'm like, actually that that could be a cool story to say that it's. Um, modeled only by veterans that could be a cool little angle to have in there so i've got that on the site too and it's true we only have models uh, only have veterans as models at the moment good to go you sound just as stingy as adrian so that's good to go oh i wouldn't hire (laughs) models i would pull bums off the street before hiring models (laughs) if you want a sandwich chuck a jacket on you're good to go we run a charity (laughs) mate we can't be hiring models i think our our models are all veterans as well might as well chuck that on there yeah volunteers is the key word i think volunteers yeah yeah no so uh mate i think that's it was good to have you on the show and and uh hopefully we can get you on some more 
and get you in the, in the space of of this of Swiss Eight. Uh, if you want to jump in and help out, it'd be sick. Mate, mate. of course. Yeah. Before you cut it away, What's, I'll, I'll um, throw some because the camera's rolling. I always throw the hard questions out at the end. Do you are you interested in being an ambassador for a charity? Yeah, of course. When I say of a course. charity, I, Swiss Eight would be a good one, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of uh, flying doctors. And, yeah, no, 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 of course. Um, <laughs> Uh, of course, I I, I I think you guys asked a while back. I was pretty flat out, but yeah, I'm I'm totally. I'd be totally okay um, to do that. Yeah, that'd be gold. I mean, we do have. Um, we we don't really ask anything from investors other than to when we got something big going on. If you're keen to get on board and support it, hundred um, percent. But but definitely like around now, we we're running the raffle out. We've got this campaign for Remembrance Day. Uh, that'll yep. that'll kind of go out in about three weeks. Um, so I think a lot of people have. Not forgotten Remembrance Day, but Remembrance Day was kind of fading. Anzac Day's always been the big one in Australia. We want to kind of, yeah. we, no one got Anzac Day this year, so it's a perfect year to start it. We kind of want to reinvigorate Remembrance Day because um, Remembrance Day is kind of for the the entire world, whereas Anzac Day is just a just an Aussie thing. Um, Remembrance Day, we can kind of be work. We got partners in the UK and the US, like most of the veteran community does, and, and we want to do stuff. We can all work together, but. Yeah, we've got a few campaigns coming up and we'll, we'll send some stuff out and if you're keen, um, do do some promos or whatever we have coming yeah. up. Yep, Get absolutely. Some, some um, meditation videos one day. Exactly, I can do all that. Some, uh, some yoga yeah, for you. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much a yogi and uh, the, the terminology uh, qualified, not competent. Uh, <laughs> It sounds like a ploy to um, to get involved in the yoga crowd, mate. I've, I've heard this one before. <laughs> All three of us did it. <laughs> um, and what's uh, what do you guys have on the on the horizon? I guess uh, you know for your for your projects, what are you guys doing? We've with, got uh, um, with Swiss Eight. Well, I mean, we did we just relaunched the app. We 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 kicked it off as soon as possible, like a year and a half yep. ago. It was all like kind of privately or personally funded. Um, we knew I, I I had a few businesses before this. Knew that we need to to get government attention or to get to get growth. We needed to just get an MVP out there so that people knew who we were and could see that we mm. existed. And and um, to keep it cheap, we had to go offshore. And it, it was, for about a year, the MVP was dog shit. It was um, yep. so small parts of it worked, uh, and there was people that needed. There was boys out there messaging, going, "Hey, I just need." A, a meditation thing to help get to sleep at night and i'm like sick yeah right the app doesn't work that well it's full of bugs but those pieces work so let's keep it live and keep fixing it and we just fixed it uh and, and rebuilt the whole thing so that was kind of our project completion where now as we each week we're just pushing out new programs trying to find other veteran businesses veteran gyms yoga teachers meditation guys whatever um to to work with them film their stuff promote their business and, and put some content on the app and we'll keep doing that. How many people are active on the app? Like, do you, how many people are part of the community overall? Using it? Yeah. Uh, we had about 31,500 people. They're not all veterans, though. So we, and this is, I mean, this is, I might as well tell everyone, we, we've made more mistakes than anyone, but um, they're the best ways to learn, I guess. Pushed it out, yeah. just went out live to veterans, had about 2,500 veterans using it. Uh, and then COVID hits. Channel Seven does a story on it, and oh wow, it was, a, it was a, an app that was full of bugs, hosted <laughs> offshore by a Bulgarian team. We had thirty, we had twenty twenty eight thousand people try to download it in about half an hour. Everything just crashed. No way. Everything just crashed. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I fucking knew this was gonna happen. But again, like 
it's proof of concept at least. If you get one news story and 30,000 people want to download it, then build it properly next time, do another news story. Yeah. We'll be good. Yeah. So with the new one, we're, we're up around about the 5,000 mark now, but um, we're going to start marketing at that prop, marketing properly back to veterans and stuff um, over the next few yeah. months. Do you have a PR person as well working for it? We do. We've got, um, on my super stingy low budget, we've got, um, she's actually amazing, but we, we don't pay full freight for, for the service that she could give us. Her name's Casey Scott. She's from Townsville. Um, she actually ran Phil Thompson, one of our mates that we serve with. He's an MP now in Townsville. Um, she yeah, helped right. build his campaign, so we, we did some stuff with her. And a lot of everything we've got on at the moment, we're looking to, to aim towards government funding or contracts, at least so that we can, when we scale this, we can get every veteran on it and it won't crash again if we've got a bit of government yep. money. So she does our PR um, at the moment, but she's probably I'll probably send her about 40 hours worth of work requests a week, and, and she's, yeah. she's allocated like four to eight hours to us a week, so... She's a yeah. ball breaker, bud. She's a fucking ball breaker, mate. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, you need that. Um, I've got um, because I'll what I'll do is I'll, I've got a PR lady I work with too, who's a weapon, and I'm, I actually met her on the on the world's toughest race. She's been working. She's been in PR for twenty plus years. So I'll mention this to her as well, and um, just think up a few angles because is that some Are You Okay Day as well coming up soon? Which I was going to do an article for, and I can. Um, I can pencil in you guys too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have a chat to her about it. Yeah, uh, sounds good. That'd be sick. I mean, other than that, we've next year's a whole. We're, we're trying to clean slate. We, we were supposed to have a team of guys walking around Australia this year. Like we built a whole campaign to launch this thing called the Stomp, and then Corona hit, and, and that all got cancelled. So, yeah, projects coming <laughs> up. It's just to to kind of we've got this, the event series, and then potentially if if the world goes back to normal, um, the Stomp next year. Next is not yeah, super and about walking, but with with the event series, if you um keep me in mind because we have the Dandenong Ranges just out of Melbourne where I live, so it's great for um high, you know field hikes and runs and all that sort of garbage. And Samantha, my wife, runs all that stuff, so um, we can we can do day events like that too. If um, for the Victorian guys, yeah, that's sick. That's sick. I, I mean, I, ideally, our big. Well, my goal going forward is by come November, we've got um, 2021 mapped out month by month what we're trying to achieve. And I mean, we've tried to do that in the past, but this year kind of we have had to pivot and, and change direction and, and do everything based on all of our plans being scrapped and all of our funding models kind of disappearing when COVID hit. But next year we do, should be... And, yeah, do you have a uh, like a, a funding model for it at the moment? Like is it uh, is it angel investors putting money in now and do you have a plan to kind of monetize the app later or, or just leave it as it is so the the original model there's no we can't get angel investors that's the the hardest thing even running this thing through a, a an incubator or a, a scale up or an accelerator um normally you apply for those programs as a tech product and i got knocked back by about 30 of them because we're a charity yeah. and you can't invest in a charity and they're all just trying to build you up to the end to throw investment in and, and then own half your stuff um yeah which I'm, I'm sure you've had experience with too, but we can't do that because we're a charity, which is, is fine. But we, we got picked up by one that was backed by Clubs New South Wales and they had to have a corporate social responsibility aspect to it, which, yeah, was, right. which was perfect. So we learned a bunch of stuff. But the funding model at the moment, uh, at that time, our original funding model was, uh, we I mean, I could talk about this shit for years, but we, we didn't want to keep perpetuating the broken veteran story. 
and that was there's so many ESOs, ex-service organisations, pushing the story that veterans have all got PTSD and they can't survive. Yeah, so everyone's got their because own story. That's cool. It's but in their interest to do that because that's how they get funded. Exactly. Oh, fucking. Yes. <laughs> and it becomes a, yep. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. They tell the world that veterans are broken. They get a bunch of money. They then use that money it, to make another marketing campaign to tell the world. It's that disappointing, but the minute you introduce money and, and incentives into that equation, there is people are then and organizations are incentivized to behave in a certain way to keep that Correct. fucking hamster wheel going. 100%. Every, the, the, yeah. the, the end state, the key objective for every charity should be to no longer exist. Like if you can solve the problem, you mm. don't need to be there anymore. Unfortunately, mm. people start a charity, think it's a business. The bigger they can grow it, the more money they can make. Anyway, that's a story for another day. But our, So our model was don't start, a, don't start a charity that relies on donations because you're selling a broken story. Start a charity so that you don't have to pay tax but build a product that motivates veterans to be better at life and at the same time if you can solve a veteran mental health issue it's it's nine times out of ten it's a people problem sell that product so that you've got a product built by veterans for the general public um and then we got to the point where we were originally in the app store going to charge general public 20 bucks a month but uh when covid hit we kind of realised that the everyone in the world, or everyone in Australia at least, needs mental health tools, whether they understand it or not. Uh, so we made it free for everyone, with about a three and a half month runway before we were going to our burn rate was going to kill us, um, giving it away for free yeah. to everyone. But BHP thankfully uh, came on and, and, and backed us, kind of kept us kept us rolling, and now we've solid. It's we've rebuilt the app. It's free for everyone, and and now the the new funding model is going to be. Same thing, but we are pitching it to big, like giant corporations, uh, to pay for use as part of their, um, well, it's CSR spend, but it's also part of their wellbeing program. And all we do is, yeah. is there is like features to the app that you can't get unless you are one of those corporates. Yeah, and if you, I mean, as a my understanding of it is, if you are a nonprofit and you do, for example, generate a profit from sales to corporations like that as long as that profit's being used to support your mission it's totally fine yeah um and you would have to think too that a comp an organization like dco or dva will eventually look at this and say for a transitioning veteran them having access to this is going to save us a lot of work let's pay some sort of licensing model to these guys so you know for x thousands of dollars a year they get you get access uh, if you're a veteran leaving the service, you get immediate access to this app, and and that's another potential uh, model. I'm sure you've looked at. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm working on. Actually, an hour before this podcast was a, the the concept model for for DVA to pick it up, um, and, and and essentially just keep us keep keep the lights on for us so that we can keep pushing this thing out for free to veterans, uh, which I, yeah. I, I'm fairly confident will be successful. I mean the big. The big piece that we want to focus on is bridging the gap between defence and DVA because DVA at the moment really picks picks diggers up about a year or two after they leave, if that. Mm. Um, for for yeah. some, it can be way longer. If we can get this kind of tool in the hands of... We want to go as far upstream as possible. If you issue people with this app at Kapuka or Singleton, you can't, you're good to go. It becomes part of your daily routine, part of your normal life so that when you leave, yeah. there's one piece of the military that you can take with you. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the end idea. goal for us, but mm. long road. Good idea. 
Well, no, no, what about yourself, mate? Like anything. Sorry, I know Max, you're wrapping it up. If, if you've got to go, cut me off. But oh no, what? Um, no. So what? Are we, what's next what for Kill Capture? So mate, we've got. Um, I just got a production batch of raw materials landed in, in uh, overseas. So in New York, so we're going to start building next round of jackets pretty soon. Um, so that's good, and we've got a, a bunch of handmade axes coming in soon, which are going to be pretty good. They're pretty sweet. They're made in Kentucky. Uh, by an ex-serviceman, uh, ex-marine, I think he was actually, and uh, they look they look legit. They, uh, so are they pretty or tomahawks or tomahawks. Uh, and we're in tomahawks and some yeah, it's um it's it's pretty cool and it's got a like a Viking uh, design bent to it as well. So uh, I'm sure that'll go down a treat once uh, New York is going to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, just antagonising everyone with their products. Yeah. Um, so that'll be good fun. So you've got a fashion dam um, that turns up in a pelican case with an axe. With an axe, with an axe. Good gift. And we're actually looking at doing engraving for that too. A lot of people are asking for um, family crests to be oh, engraved on that. Yeah. So, yeah, we're getting some laser engraving options going because that's just a cool way to personalize you. Uh, I, I saw the cache um, on, on the website. I was on there just before. Yeah, we're kind of playing around with that concept. We're like, what if we have a, a cache where we can actually get some restricted <laughs> items offered. So um, everything from encrypted comms to, we're just having a play with it. Like it's, it could be a, could be a good yeah. idea. A few people have actually responded yeah, to it. I was looking it. at it. I was like, that's a sick idea. Like some, yeah, some, some could be good. Like depending on your country, you can't ship certain things to you. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had a lot of people ask me about um, modifications to the jacket for field work, whether they're intelligence guys or um, police. So, Sometimes people ask for additional pouches for like covert items and stuff. Oh, so yeah, cool. always try and help that's out with that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, not if you're yeah. Not, so that's not it. If you're uh, trying to slip through Sydney Airport with like <laughs> <laughs> you left a spare mag in your, uh, in your, in your jacket, in your, in yeah, your envelope pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I've been and I've been writing actually. I've been writing a, a book which I'm going to release in june next year so that'll be that'll be um that'll be cool i'm publishing that with pam mcmillan and that'll be uh, basically a story about my joining the sas and and transitioning out of it and that that whole piece it's good to go Very nice because you um the, the sas story is something that i i, I suppose uh some of the we didn't really touch on a great deal i know we're, we're sort of going to wrap it up but you and Keegan have a pretty big connection, uh, which is how we sort of got to meet each other. Hey, and is, is that something that's going to be in your book as well? Yeah. So, and for listeners who don't know, so, and Keegan, if you want to talk to this, go for it. But I worked with Keegan's old man on my first trip to Afghanistan in 2007, and he was tragically killed on that trip in a battle we were in to clear the Chora Valley. Um, and so, and I, I, and I remember your old man so well because he was one of the best soldiers in the regiment. He had a really fierce reputation as not just a gun kind of a top soldier, but also he was a hyper-intelligent guy. He was a strong coach and mentor as well. And I think in the case when I first met him, I think if he sensed you had the best interests of the of the team at heart, he would do anything to help you out. And he was that way with me. So... Um, he coached me a lot of the techniques he used on his last trip in Afghanistan, showed me some of the nav tips 
um, showed me all sorts of things that he didn't have to do. So I remember ta- like that was a, a key kind of life lesson for me um, after we lost Matt that that I would always try and show that level of patience and, and wisdom and leadership in people. So that that's kind of his his legacy for me. And, and I always thought about Keegan being a young guy to lose a father at the point you did when you're a teenager and you kind of do need a father. That's a hard thing um, as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's, it's just, it's great how it goes full circle. And now it's, it's great to be, to be doing something with you as a, as a young yeah, man. Yeah, it's good to go. I remember you coming, I think, few legacy camps you dropped in on or uh, I think one of the legacy camps down at Bustleton was it I think you're one of the other boys pulling the piss out of me a fair bit <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we saw you down there yeah with um, um, Larry and a couple yeah. of guys yeah that was funny yeah it's good times growing up with the boys being around so you do lose you do lose yeah. the old man but I mean it's good having the other boys around so definitely yeah definitely it's yeah, a big it's... difference I mean being a kid maybe from a different organization might be different but for me it was you know it was bad but obviously the slack was picked up in a lot of different places so which is good like yeah you know, and i think just having some of those some of those older guys around that that knew your old man had a similar to your old man as well would have would have been a yeah, good 100%. thing yeah it's good to go fuck that's it love it mate it's awesome it's good like you you, you gotta yeah, it's it's a good thing to do. Yeah, I think what you're doing is is a great is a great mission, and a lot of guys do need that help. And like I was saying, it's not it's not doom and gloom when you leave. There there is a whole bunch of options you've got, and um, there's a lot of people that want to help you succeed as well. 100%. So yeah, it's good. Cheers, mate. Hey, and and like I said, thanks for coming on and and talking, mate. And I know there's some pretty big com- uh, conversation points in there, and. Uh, hopefully we get you back on uh, soon. If you release a new product line, or you want to come on, if you're going to be, if you're going to go and win Survivor again, it'd be sick. I'll come on, throw on my axe around on the show. Yeah, I'll, be sick. I'll, uh, do that. Come on, the book. Where, do you you in, you're based in, in Victoria, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, well, Dan on Raiders, uh, just near Melbourne. We'll yeah, that. one of the events will have to be in Melbourne next year anyway. So we'll come down yeah, and throw definitely do it. To people. Oh, the Melbourne or the, what do they call them? Melbourneites, Melbournians. <laughs> They'd love that, wouldn't no. they? They're about as left wing as, as New York, mate. It's a it's a funny old state down here. Yeah. They're a funny bunch. There's there's always a protest on. Even the librarians. Nah, not anymore, mate. Here. I don't know if you um, I'm not a big Facebook user, but apparently they're starting to arrest people for organising protests, which is good. Yeah, yeah, they did, did lock it down a bit. It's um, I think we have got a couple more weeks left, but yeah, we'll be out of it eventually. Yeah. Probably be heading up uh, Keegan's way to the Gold Coast to get away from this weather. Good to go. Yeah. Good. Oh, mate, I'll see you. We'll uh, end, the, end it there and see you later.